Welcome to Spotlight on the Arts, Accessibility in the Arts. We acknowledge the traditional custodians and caretakers of the land that our school and arts communities are built upon. We recognise that these lands were places of learning, inquiry and activity for hundreds of thousands of years. We are always mindful that under the concrete and buildings where we learn and play, there is a deep and ancient history which belongs to traditional country. We acknowledge the elders of the past and present and emerging and pay our respects to their deep connection with the spirit of the land on which we learn and play each day. Welcome to Accessibility in the Arts, a platform to discuss the positive effects of arts and creativity for mental health and well-being, and the potential for the arts to help and address major policy change. We all know that arts and creativity are among our most powerful assets, playing essential roles in our health and well-being, increasing awareness and creating a resource to share the growing body of evidence and case studies related to arts and mental well-being. We welcome today artist-in-residence Katie Crowell. Katie is a graduate of Theatre Nepean, holding a Bachelor of Performance Theatre and Theory Practice. Her acting credits include work with Clockfire Theatre, the ABC and Netflix. She's devised narrative comedy with big, bold and silly characters and has produced shows for both the Melbourne and Sydney Comedy Festival and Sydney Fringe Festivals. She's a tragic choir nerd and sings regularly with the Inner West Voices and has been a backup vocalist for Christina Nu, opera singer Jess O'Donoghue and electric pop artist Paul Mack. As an artist, Katie experiments with craft, video and song. Her work in community arts sees her specialising in inclusive art making, accessible arts and has seen her work in creative learning for both the Museum of Contemporary Art and the Museum of Applied Arts and Sciences. As Sydney Catholic School's artist in residence in creative ability, Katie's passion is to help people unleash their creativity, finding meaningful ways to communicate and experiment with self-expression. And she can also make a mean toilet roll character. Welcome, Katie. Thanks for having me today. <laughs> it's lovely to have you here today because we've seen your development with Sydney Catholic Schools and a number of schools and it's been really lovely to watch you engage with with all of our students and teachers. So as you've been doing that this year, why do you think we have seen an increase in art therapy and what do you think are the benefits, you know, the social and emotional benefits for our well-being? So I'm not a, an art therapist, but the work that I do in community has a lot of links and ties into art therapy. And those links are sense of connecting, releasing expression and forming a sense of community. And the communities that I do work in is the arts disability community, arts and ageing, and some mental health and rehabilitation groups as well, and then also children I find that it's a real need, especially in these times when we've been in a pandemic, or we are in a pandemic, and we need to make those connections and form that community again. You know, we, we lost a lot of things during that lockdown, that big lockdown. And so I think art therapy in particular and mental health, it's on the rise because there is a need for it. There's so many positive benefits to making art collaboratively and developing art in a community and so I think yeah we we are seeing that and society is seeing that and the value of it and that's why it's on the rise. That value that you discuss we recently saw that with your involvement as part of the creative team for Sydney Catholic Schools production of School of Rock. 
Can you explain to our listeners some of the accessible options that were available for cast and for audience members? So with School of Rock, I worked on accessible services for the production. I managed a team of Auslan interpreters to provide two shows for our deaf and hard of hearing audience members and those two interpreters interpreted the show live and each of them became the different characters and the different voices in the show and the other section that I worked in was audio description and what audio description is it's usually for blind and low vision audience members and it's describing the visual action that is happening on the stage so you know if there's a fight scene or a movement scene or there's something that an audience member might not be able to see audio description describes that and for school of rock in particular because it's a musical and it was a very and it was at Kudos Arena it was a huge large scale production and so it was a huge learning curve actually to do audio description on that level but also because it was a, a musical it, it was so rhythmic I had to really learn the timing of the show so I could say the most important thing I needed to say in that two seconds and I had to make some choices of what to describe because it was so big you know we had the mass choir we had the mass dance ensembles and then we had the featured cast the main cast and so I had to really choose what was the most important thing to describe so in the end what I did is with the audio introduction which is delivered before the show starts 15 minutes usually that's where I described the mass choir, the dance, the stage, all of the visual elements that were going on at Kudos Arena. And I described how the mass dance ensemble enter, where they dance, and describe some of those movements, ensemble movements during that section. And then I chose for the through description, which happens during the show, I had to focus on the action that was happening around the dialogue. So that made the most sense to do it that way. But yeah, so it was a very big learning experience because I've done audio description on very small intimate theatrical experiences and also for visual arts which is a totally different art form so um, yeah this was absolutely huge. You'd also created like a tactile set you know yeah. for, for people to experience. Tell us a little I about did, that. Yeah so as part of the audio description usually there is a, a tactile tour or a some kind of tactile component that runs before the show and for Sydney Catholic schools we decided to make a tactile little mini element because we couldn't just with the logistics of the show and getting everyone together in those last few days there really wasn't time to do a tactile tour in the space you know so I had to do a little mini version of that and what I created was um, a model of the set with tactile elements in it so I had you know the vaults the archways where the dancers ran on in all four corners I I put little gems that were kind of ribbed so you could run your fingers along and you could feel the shape this was the shape of entry point for, for those dancers and then the different stages we had three stages in the show and so yeah having different like felt for the back so this is the set the felt that was made out of felt yeah so having different elements that uh, those participants could have a feel when they got their headsets before the show and that was also a little chance where I could describe some of the some of those big visual elements before the live action it was fantastic I know a lot of people really appreciated having that access uh, for that particular production so where do you think teachers start to explore that notion of differentiation of of learning experiences and 
how how can they start applying those individual learning plans and programs and and all you know adjustments modifications how do you think teachers can start exploring that as part of my practice I took a, a bit of a break for a while and I became a teacher and became a special education teacher and worked for the Department of Education for a while working with a lot of different needs and a lot of different special education environments from mental health units, hospital schools, behaviour and then to um, severe intellectual disability and high support needs schools. Um, so I yeah have a bit of experience working with programming and modifying your programs and things like that and I think from my experience uh, the best place to start I think is working with the needs of your students so when you figure out who's going to be in your class or you get a sense of the type of need that you need to support and then kind of work around those needs so you know for instance if you've got someone who might be blind or have low vision and you you need to um, provide the room you've got to figure out the 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 accessible room so starting from those points and then start working it into your programs okay I'm doing a drama unit okay this isn't going to work for this student and then finding out ways I like to think of it as having a couple of different ways of doing that same activity so you're not teaching something completely different you're just finding different ways of how you teach that content but then the other thing that I used to do was because sometimes you didn't know your students until you yes, you got course, into yes. the classroom and so starting with the program and then in in that program having a couple of different activities for those different learners if you've got you might have some visual learners you might have some oral learners so having variations of your activities and, and learning tasks through that way and working backwards yeah when we're exploring that notion of differentiation and making things accessible, sometimes there's a, an element of fear or there's um, some challenges for teachers in providing that kind of arts access and, more importantly, that equity for all of the students. How do you think we can work together to empower all of our learners and, and teachers and you know, our community in the arts? What I... I used to observe was that sometimes arts was so hard for teachers to do or to use in their classrooms because they would have a you know 30 students with varying you know needs um, or they would have students with really high support needs and doing you know like a visual arts lesson you were going to have students painting on the walls you have people that you know were flipping around jumping around it was a really hard environment to manage and so one thing that I have observed is sometimes it that becomes quite a, a barrier for teachers. So then they choose, well, it's easier not, not to do it or to do a very small version of it. But I think in terms of eliminating that, it's about giving into the chaos and going, yes, okay, this is going to get messy. This might lose control for a little bit, but in a good way, you know, and then and also exposing the students to that and it becomes part of the routine and it becomes part of your practice as a teacher. And once you, you keep that, that momentum up, it becomes much easier to manage. I also think, you know, shout out, you know, I need some help. Collaborate. I think that's one of the biggest keys is collaborating with other teachers, other people in your community and really sort of setting up a supportive environment where you can use arts and it can be managed well because that I think is one of the hardest things is you don't ever want to feel like you're not managing the room properly when you've got really high needs that you need to support. Yeah, so I guess that's sort of what I would 
suggest? <laughs> well, I, I think overall a number of our teachers and students within Sydney Catholic Schools have benefited from your expertise in making the arts accessible from both a you know, performance experience but also within the classroom. And more importantly, you're giving people that idea that to trust yourself and to take, take a risk and that there's always a safety net and that the arts in itself is always one of those kind of areas that we all take risks because we're creative souls. So thank you for your time today, Katie. It's been an absolute pleasure listening and hearing of your experiences. And we thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. Nice to chat.